الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى has given us from his fadl Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us from his rahmah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Dhul Fadl al-Azim He is al-Rahman al-Rahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants people to ask for his fadl and for his rahmah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want anyone to be deprived of his rahmah if someone is deprived it is because of his or her own action his or her own disbelief and attitude towards Allah and towards his ahkam his commandments Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everybody the choice, the will to decide which way they want to live their lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everybody this choice and no one is forced to do anything that they don't want to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that there is no coercion in accepting any deen لا إكراه في الدين There is no coercion In the acceptance of a deen, a religion You have a choice فمن شاف اليؤمن ومن شاف اليكفر Whoever wishes they may believe and whoever wishes they may disbelieve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't stand there with a sword or a hammer or a gun and dictate upon people that they should believe but as human beings we know through guidance, through the Quran through the Sunnah of the Prophet we know the consequences of disbelief and that is how he guides us he informs us that those who believe will be better off when they meet him and those who don't believe may not be spared and may not be pardoned if they disbelieve in him so the table is set people must then judge and decide for themselves which way they want to go and how they want to live their lives the reason I'm mentioning this, everybody knows this, you all know this. But the reason I'm mentioning this is that in the context of today's society and today's civilization and today's culture, we find, unfortunately, Muslims who don't know too much about Islam, leaving Islam and they assume uh, that Islam is not equipped to deal with 
the issues that they have, or the issues of this time, or the issues of this culture, or this civilization, and they abandon, abandon Islam uh, merely out of ignorance, and merely because it's a fad. Uh, it's fashionable uh, to do this nowadays. So we must be wary and we must be careful that as we try to understand Islam, we must appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a choice. And it is in the exercising of this choice where the real test lies. Once you make up your choice, you make up your mind that this is what it is you want to do and want to follow, then we must adhere to it strictly and decisively. Once you have agreed to join a company, then you will abide by the rules and the policies of that company. You can't be wishy-washy because then they'll just tell you to leave. If you want to be a citizen of a country, then you have to sign off on all the laws of the country that you live in, or you want to live in. If you don't sign off, then they will see this as not only hypocrisy, but perhaps even treason. Likewise, in the land of Allah, which is what Allah has created, in the Lillah, the Quran says, the land belongs to Allah. Allah owns every piece of land because Allah created it. Human beings have yet to claim space. They're trying to do so. I'm sure one day will come and they'll claim this piece of space and this piece of space up there somewhere. Haven't gone that far yet. Everybody claims land. This land is mine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the land is not yours, it's mine. And my land is vast, it is huge, it is spacious. If you decide to live on any piece of land, just as if you decide to live in a country, you'll have to follow the laws of that country. So why can't we say the same thing about Allah? Allah allows you to live on the earth. Why don't we say we will follow the rules of Allah as we live on His earth, on His land? That is the question that Muslims should ask. That essentially we are all indebted to Allah for his fadl, for his rahmah, for the fact that he made this earth the way he made it, for the fact that he allowed us to be born on this earth and allows us to live on this earth 24-7 and he doesn't charge us. He doesn't charge us taxes. Countries may charge you taxes. Allah doesn't charge you a tax for breathing, for living, for the water you drink, even for 
the game that you hunt. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's milkiyah, his providence, his belongings, his property. So just as in any human made construct of what a land is, what a territory is, you will have rules and regulations. If you want to be a citizen of that country, you'll have to abide by the laws. These man-made rules. And everybody signs off on man-made rules. Just because they want that hmm? passport. Or they want to be a citizen. Or by default, if you're born here, then you are. Even if you're born here, you still have to sign off. Implicitly, that you are a member of this country and you are a citizen of this country and you will abide by the rules and regulations of this country following the law of the land, etc. What Muslims do is that they expand this theory and bring a theological understanding that this belongs to Allah essentially and eventually. The day will come, a time will come when this land will be non-existent. This land will be destroyed, the earth will be destroyed. Qiyamah will come. The day of judgment will be initiated by the destruction of the earth. And you'll have no footing. Never mind your citizenship, you won't have any footing. The mountains will fly in the air as if they're made of wool. That's how the destruction, devastation will occur. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forces us when we read the Quran to think about the eventual fate of all human beings. That in this limited time and space that we have here, on earth should make us think and worry about where it is we're going. As we concede to the rules of man-made law, which is fine, we don't have a problem with that. You can do that. We must also concede to the great ni'mah of Allah's law. And Allah's law is a ni'mah. Because it came from him. Anything that comes from Allah is a ni'mah. Man-made laws may be speculative, they may be okay, sometimes not so okay. We all perhaps disagree with 80%, 90% of all the laws in the US, I'm sure. Who here wants to pay taxes? No one, I hope. But you still pay them. So the idea that following law somehow is antithetical, it goes against the human idea of freedom, is quite pathetic. So we're okay. You follow company laws, you follow laws of the traffic, the traffic code. Everywhere you go you're forced to follow laws, even on your cell phone. Your smartphone, you have to abide by the rules of the smartphone in order to use it. 
How do you use a smartphone if you don't follow the rules? You can't. You can't use this mic if you don't follow the rules of the physics behind the mic. So wherever you turn, you're following rules. You have to follow the rules of your body in order to function as a human being or to survive as a human being. So the, the, the idea that somehow anarchy, anarchy where you run away from rules and you don't want a referee in your life is somehow retrogressive and against progression and it promotes backwardness then why do you have rules in the first place anywhere in the world? Where Allah gives a rule then man says why? and when man makes rules people line up to sign off on the rules so any rule that came from the heavens and beyond any rule that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be a ni'mah it's his fadl it's his rahmah it's a gift but Allah is saying that within this rule you will attain success and salvation which is beyond human perception and conception so those Muslims who abide by the very simple rules five times salat a day of tahara, purity that you're always clean and pure of eating halal and pure abiding by fasting abiding by giving zakat once a year abiding by the rules of hajj once in your lifetime these very simple rules they give you access to eternal bliss eternal salvation whereas the rules of the dunya they'll protect you from the law they'll protect you from the police they'll protect you from other government agencies but the rules of Allah which are all ni'mah from Allah are so incredibly visionary that if you perform salat here you'll be rewarded there and the reward will be forever perpetual it won't stop to my dear brothers and sisters what we must appreciate is that we as human beings need law and order to remain a civilized society whether it's human law or Islamic law, Sharia law, it doesn't matter that we need another set of laws as Muslims to give us guidance and help us procure salvation after death and no man-made law can give you that there's no man-made law on the earth today that tells you if you follow this rule you'll attain salvation 
or you'll be rewarded eternally in Jannah for this one act and for this one deed. So the limitations of man and the limitation of man-made law, if it's to serve a civilization, that is fine. And everybody here is okay with that. But once you talk about rules of salvation, then all of a sudden, it's backward. It's retrogressive. It leads us back to the Middle Ages. But for those who know anything about the Middle Ages, Muslims were at the highest level and pinnacle of civilization in the Middle Ages. The way we enjoyed life in the Middle Ages surpasses everything that we enjoy today. That's just a historical fact. You can't deny this. No one can deny that. So we must appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who owns this earth has the right and prerogative to give human beings a choice. Not either you do this or that. But he has also guided human beings that if you take the right choice, make the right choice, you'll end up here. And if you make the wrong choice, you'll end up there. That's his right. Everybody talks about rights. The Prophet said, God also has a right. So are we going to have a whole demonstration daily plaza for the rights of God? Who's going to uphold the rights of God? The Prophet asked them. He said, Allah also has a right. He said, my right, my right, my right. Human rights. Women rights. This community's right and that community's right. Everybody has rights. 1400 years ago, the Prophet said to everybody that God has a right. What is that right of God? It is to say, La ilaha illallah. That's his right. And who's going to defend God? The Nabi, the Rasul. Muhammad So we must think in these terms, it's expand the discussion that we have within ourselves. Law and order is good. We love this country because everybody's equal under the law. On the day of judgment, everybody will be equal under God's law. There's no difference. He's Maliki Yawmiddin. He's the owner of the Day of Judgment. Just expand the discussion. Broaden your perspective. Then you will see Islam makes perfect sense. It is the greatest gift that Allah gives to human beings and to humanity. And when we see Islam as a ni'mah, not as a burden, that's the key. Sometimes people see Islam as a burden. I mean, what is this namaz, salat five times a day? What is this zakat, hajj? But the Sahaba saw Islam as a ni'mah, which is what the Quran terms it. 
That Islam is a ni'mah, it's a blessing from Allah. We will embrace it because it's a blessing. It's in our perception. So we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to see Islam as a ni'mah and gives us the further tawfiq to apply Islam in our lives the way He wants to. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen.